Amen. You can take a seat this morning. Isn't it great to be in church together today? I love it. And we've got part two this morning of our series, On Purpose. We don't live just accidental lives, just going through the certain amount of time that we are allocated here on earth. We want to live lives of purpose. We've talked about as a church that we have a mission that's about reaching people with the gospel, raising disciples of Jesus Christ, and releasing leaders into their calling. And they're the three things that we are focused on. When you look at the life of Jesus, you see that he was always doing those three things. When he was with his disciples, when he was out with the crowds, wherever he was, he was reaching people, he was raising disciples, and he was releasing leaders into their calling. And I think about that as a church and the mission that we've been given, that we've been given a purpose to do those things, to take the gospel and to be able to spread it out to the world. And so this morning, with that in mind, we've last week talked about how there's things we need to shake off and let go of so that we can run with, pur- with purpose. We can just live our lives with a purpose that God has designed us to have. But today, I want to start talking about our mission statement and talking specifically this morning about our reach. And so I've entitled this morning's message, Extending Your Reach. Extending Your Reach. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's a powerful statement and it's an interesting statement because when you think about Jesus, he's actually called you and I by his grace to partner with him in building his church. And so when he says, I will build my church, he's actually saying that I'm going to use people to build my church. And it's a powerful statement because it reminds every one of us that we have a calling and a destiny on our own lives. God has called us and set us apart to be used by Him to build His church. A powerful thought. I love the fact that in boxing, when it comes to a boxer, I grew up watching a lot of boxing matches with my dad, who was such a huge fan of boxing. And so I've watched a lot of different matches, but there is an advantage for somebody that has a reach advantage over their opponent. And when they can do that, when they can stand back and they can aim and they can take shots at an opponent and be able to get out of their reach because of their distance, it's a huge advantage. It's a reach advantage. And what it helps them do is it helps them to be able to stay out of harm's way but be able to have an impact. And I think about the church that we are called to extend our reach. That God's given us an extra reach. He's given us his supernatural power to be able to go out into all the world and make disciples. You know, when it talks about the Great Commission, it says, go out into all the, the world and make disciples. But then it says, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, his supernatural power will be with you. I love Bob Goff. He said this, we each get to decide what we'll give to the world and what we'll take from it. Love big and pack light. It's a good reminder that every one of us is called to reach out and to love people, to serve people, to get alongside people and encourage them and bring strength and purpose and bring hope to people's lives through Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 4. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me there? And let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, which is going to be our key text today. 
Dan Russell is away this morning. He's speaking at a crusaders camp at Lake Macquarie. And he's first time speaking at a camp or speaking outside of this church, which is really exciting. And so pray for him as he's been speaking these last couple of days. And I think he's going to be speaking a few times today as well. So keep him in your prayers as he does. I think that's really, really exciting. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. In our movement, the Australian Christian Churches, you can only get a credential from being recognized as having one of those five ascension gifts. That's how you become a pastor, because it's an acknowledgement that you have one of those ascension gifts on your life. It says in verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Here's an encouragement. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I love that passage because it's a simple reminder to every one of us that we are called to build. We all have our part to play in helping the church build and grow, helping the church extend its reach. And you know, your gifting and your resource and your talent is not just for the four walls of this building. It's for all of us to be able to go out into the world. It's our friends and our family members. It's our work colleagues. It's those that are outside of this building that we are called to reach. That God would build his church, but he would use you and I. So this morning, I just want to speak about three ways to extend your reach out of this passage. And the first one is this. Number one, enlarge your heart. If you want to extend your reach, you've got to start with enlarging your heart. Ephesians 4, if we go back to the text, it talks about that this will continue until we come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. 
Because remember, we are raising disciples, not children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ. It's talking about an enlargement in our heart when it comes to us reaching out towards other people and having an impact when it comes to the missions program of City Church and all that's ahead for us. It all starts with us enlarging our heart. We can't reach out to the four corners of the world if we don't begin to get a heart for it. We can't reach out to our neighbors and our friends and our family members if we don't have a heart to serve people, a heart to love people. It's in our heart that we first start to reach out. It's in our heart that the change first starts to happen. We all know of the, the great racehorse Farlap. And we, when we read about Farlap and its incredible success as a, as a racehorse and it's known today and its name lives on, we talk about having a, a heart as big as Farlap. It talks about that stamina to be able to continue. Somebody that loves people so much, it's a heart as big as Farlap. It's literally that there's a, a name attached to it. When you actually look at this horse, it had an oversized heart. Its heart was one and a half times heavier than a usual thoroughbred. Usually they're three to four kilos, but this heart was 6.35 kilograms. It was incredible and achieved so much, but they say that it started with its heart. It had this huge heart. And I think about my life and your life, of when we've got a big heart, when we're big-spirited, when we allow God to be able to do a work on the inside of us and reach us and, and touch every part of our lives, it opens us up to be able to reach out to other people. I want my heart to be enlarged. I love in 1 Kings verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 29, it says, And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart. Like the sand on the seashores. We've all been reading Proverbs and we've been doing the Proverbs plan together. And can I encourage you, if you haven't been reading with us, just join in today. Forget about what you've already missed. Just jump in. We're at, we're at chapter 8 today. Uh, and so just jump in and join us. And we're just going to continue to read that through the rest of this month and just encourage each other together. But Proverbs, most of those Proverbs were written from Solomon who was a man that had such wisdom that God had graced on his life with wisdom and insight and knowledge, but he graced him with a huge heart. He'd enlarged his heart. And I think about my life, I want to have a large heart. I want to have a large heart for other people. I want to have a large heart for for God. I want to have a large heart for his church. I want to see God do incredible things in my life, but that starts on the inside. What do we allow into our heart. So my wife, Amy, is a whole bunch more generous than me. I would say I'm a fairly generous person, but Amy is always more generous than me. When it comes to our finances, when it comes to to giving and different things that we may give to as a church or different areas that we may may give to, what I'm thinking and what she's thinking is usually totally different. I'm thinking like the conservative approach, and she's thinking over and above, way more than what I'm thinking. And it's always a challenge to me to be somebody that enlarges my heart and enlarges my sacrifice. Because when it comes to giving, that really starts in the heart. It doesn't just be an external transaction that I kind of make. It's something that I decide 
in my heart to give. It's there, it's in that place on the inside that I need to first get larger to then be able to give out of that. I think about us as a church when it comes to our missions program, we will never have a bigger missions program than what we are having right now. There's more areas, there's more need, there's more sacrifice to to be had. Us as a church, we can make a huge difference all over the world. But it actually starts in our heart. Us winning that battle to say, you know what? I am going to be generous. I am going to sow. I am going to give beyond. You know, for us, when it comes to our giving, there's our, our tithes and our offerings, which are a sacrifice that we make. And we do that week in, week out. It just comes out of our account every week. It's something that we just do. But when it comes to giving beyond that, our, our missions or it comes to compassion or comes to other areas like our strengthening home offering, that is an over and, the, over and above. They're kind of, it's an over and above challenge that each one of us have to, to come to grips with in our own life. But for Amy and I, that's something that we are often challenged with to think about how we can increase that. Because we're not just going to take our tithes and offerings and give that to those other areas. We're going to allow our heart to be enlarged and say, you know what? I trust that as I sow, God gives seed to the sower. As I refresh, God will refresh me. As I do what I'm faithful to do with what God's given me, then God's going to enlarge and God's going to increase. But it actually starts with me being enlarged on the inside. My sacrifice, my commitment, it's a heart decision that I make on the inside that becomes an external action on the outside. I love Proverbs 4 verse 23, which we've been reading this week. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guarding your heart. What's in your heart? What are you allowing to enter your heart? See, there's some things that will shrink your heart. There's bitterness, there's envy, there's comparison, there's your past when you just meditate on your failures. Those kind of things will shrink your heart. An inability to embrace the season that you're in, an inability to embrace the change of what God's doing and embrace the new in your life will actually cause you to shrink. Think about that in just our society today. If you just made the decision, I will not have anything to do with computers. If you made the decisions, I will not drive a car because I just prefer a horse and carriage. <laughs> if you never adapted and changed and embraced the society and the culture and the season that you're in in your life, it's actually going to hinder you and it's going to keep you small. Think about where you can drive today because you've got access to a car. That it would, take it, would have taken you so long to be able to do that in a horse and carriage. Think about how you can just, with a click of a finger, and you can go into Dr. Google and find out what's wrong with you. Or you can go into Google and just find out what's going on in the world or get any answer that you need. You don't need to go to the library, go to the encyclopedia anymore. You just type it into Google. Life's got so much simpler and our world has been enlarged because of things progressing and moving forward and new things starting to happen in our world. And we can often miss the new. What's God got for you? What season are you in right now? And God has something new for you. Embrace it. Embrace the new. Embrace the challenge that's there. And say, you know what? I'm going to be enlarged in this season. I'm going to allow God to do some character building in me. And I'm just going to step forward into this season. I always think it's sad when you see somebody that leaves a church. And they go to an exciting new season at another church. And that's so exciting for them. It's a new chapter. It's a new phase for them and their family. But... All they can think about is their previous church. 
and their issues with the previous church or their grievances and they try and draw people away from that church or they speak negative and negativity about that church and you think about that and you just think that is such a small way to think. Because they're in an exciting new season. They're in a new chapter. They've got new friendships to develop, new friends to, to be around. They've got a new church to sow into, new vision, new excitement, new things that they could be focused on. But yet all they can do is focus on their past. It's an inability to embrace the new. It's an inability to embrace the season they're, they're in and enjoy it and sow and be committed. And I want to encourage you, don't live small. Live with a huge heart. Embrace the season you're in. This is a great season for City Church. This is an exciting season for our future. God's doing incredible things in people's hearts and lives. He's doing incredible things in us. So together, let's live with a large heart. Because it all starts there. Our reach and our influence starts in our heart. See, God reached you. And he did the work in your heart. God transformed you and your behavior started to change. But that started in your heart. God works from the inside out. Take the challenge. I love Pastor Brian Houston. He says, the theme of your heart determines the story of your life. The theme of your heart determines the story of your life. I love when that man came up to speak to Jesus and says, hey, what should I focus on? What's the priorities out of all the commandments? What's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest priority? And Jesus says, love God and love people. Love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about relationship. It's all about priority. It's all about bringing it back to if you want to live a life that has influence, if you want to live a life that reaches out beyond yourself, it's all about those two things, loving God and loving people. And that happens on the inside of us where God just grabs our heart. He causes us to have a change. where We just don't think about ourselves anymore, but we think about others. How we can reach out and love and serve other people. And then out of that place, we just begin to serve and love people. That capacity, that changes on the inside. The second thing is this. We need to enlarge our heart, number one. The second thing is we need to engage your gift. Ephesians 4 verse 16, going back to the key text, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That we all have a gift to the world. And your gift, your talent, your ability is always about others. It's never about you. When we think about our gift, it's not so we can get prominence or wealth. It's so that we can serve other people. That's why we are gifted. That's why we are given you know, we are so blessed as a society, as a people with resource, with our, an ability to be able to take what we've been given and be able to be a blessing to others. And I think about that as a gift to the world. You think about a football team and you see a great football team when they've got injuries in their team and some of their key players that are out, the effect that that has on a team because there's some parts of the team that aren't playing. It's the same when it comes to the church. If all of us join in together, if all of us bring our gifts and our ability and our resource and our time and our sacrifice, if we all bring that together, what could be achieved? Yeah. On our own, we might be able to do something pretty good, but together we could do something truly extraordinary. Yeah. As we all bring what we have together and trust God to be able to use it. We've all heard 
of a lady by the name of Susan Boyle. And she's an incredible lady and an incredible story. She walked in to, I think it was called the um, British, Britain's Got Talent, that's right, on the 11th of April 2009. And she walked in and did an audition, and it was the first the world had kind of seen her gift. And so I want you to look to the screens and have a look at that audition taking place. And then I want to speak a little bit about Susan Boyle. How old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just one side of me. Okay. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. <laughs> One Susan Piers. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on this show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, I, I want to be like a lame page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning. An incredible performance. Okay, moment of truth. Piers, yes or no? The biggest yes I have ever given anybody. Amanda? Yes, definitely. Brilliant. Amanda, you too! Susan Boyle, you can go back to the village with your head held high. It's three S's. <laughs> what a crazy lady. Susan Boyle, you read about her today. If you look her up on any information on the internet, you can see that she... Um, she started with her debut song or debut album, I Dreamed a Dream. And uh, she released that in November 2009 and became the UK's best-selling debut album of all time. And then she went on every single album that she's brought out has been in the top 
you know, one or two in both the, the UK and the US charts. And uh, been absolutely incredible. She's, uh, she's performed in front of the Queen at numerous occasions. She opened the Commonwealth Games in 2014 as well. And she's just had an incredible, um, I guess, notoriety since that moment. The wealth that's come with that, she's listed there as uh, having about $20 million. And she's, her life has been completely changed. Because she decided to put forward her gift. She decided to even do it scared and go up in front of these people and perform in front of them and take the risk at 47 years old. When probably so many people said to her, hey, just be quiet and sing your songs in the shower at home. Just just live a normal life. What are you doing? You're 47 years old. You shouldn't be doing this in front of a platform. Did you see how she got so mocked at the start of that? Because of her appearance and how she presented. But when she stepped forward with her gift, it was incredible how it just changed the whole atmosphere. And I think about that for us as a church. When all of us step forward with our gifts, who knows what's on the other side of that? She would have never thought that she was going to be singing in front of the queen. She would have never thought that she'd be singing at a Commonwealth Games. She would have never thought that she'd have millions and millions of dollars and notoriety and sing to thousands of people all over the world and have albums that were number ones. She would have never have thought that could have been possible. But what is possible when we are just faithful with our gift? We say, you know what, I've got something that I could contribute. Here it is. Some ability that I have, a gifting that God's given me, and I just be faithful with it and just trust God with the rest. I love in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. It goes on in verse 14 to say, Yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the, if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does, does that then make any less part of the body? So that does not make it any less part of the body. Verse 16, and if an ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if, it were, or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. Why are you here at City Church? Because God has put you here. That's where he wants you. And your gifting, your talent, who you are is needed for this season. God has placed you here for a purpose. You're not living accidental. You're not just attending accidentally. God has a purpose for your life. How strange a body would be if it just had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never see, say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Think about our physical bodies. There's parts, there's organs, there's things happening beneath the surface that nobody's seeing what's happening there. But you wouldn't be alive without it. 
And I think about that in the church. Sometimes people are serving and it's in an unseen place, but it's like the heart of the church. It's keeping it pumping. It's keeping it moving. It's that atmosphere. It's those people serving God that actually make the church function and do what it's meant to do. Verse 27 says, and all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. We all have a part to play. I used to be in the worship team of our church when I was in Singleton in the Hunter Valley. I uh, played guitar and I was part of the team. And our worship pastor would get up and say to us, her name was Kate. She was quite funny. She'd get up and say to all of the team, she'd say, you know what? You're all tools. (laughs) And we'd be like, that's slightly offensive. (laughs) She'd say, you're tools used by God. And don't forget it. You're a tool in God's hand to be used by Him. So when you get up there and serve, it's not about elevating yourself. When you get up there and play, it's not about making yourself sound good and and getting all the attention and the lights on you. It's about being a tool that God can use. And I think about that with our lives and our giftings and our talents. We are tools that God can use. He takes every part of us, even our weakness and our failure, and He still finds a way to use it as a testimony to his goodness. So don't forget, God's got a plan and he's got a purpose for you. Don't just look at everybody else around you and think about the giftings and the talents that they have and how God would be better to use one of them. I want you to think about this week, what's God given you? Maybe it's a smile. Maybe you've got an ability to have a conversation with someone, to see through just the surface and see straight to their heart. Maybe you can play an instrument. Maybe you can... Be part of a pastoral care team. Maybe you can lead a connect group. Maybe there's areas where you can serve practically around the church. I think about what we've just achieved as, as a church with completing the cafe. What was that? That was all the parts of the body coming together to serve. And then we saw the miracle of the cafe being completed because of all the different trades. Someone was an electrician. Someone was a plumber. Someone came in and they had other abilities to be able to do it. And together they achieved something that was miraculous. On their own, they couldn't do it. The plumber would be scratching his head trying to do the electrical work. It wasn't going to happen. But everyone played their part, and that's what the church is about. This week, the church will gather at Hillsong Conference. People from all over the world, all different gifts and talents together, and there'll be a celebration. I think, I believe from our church, there's about 90 people that are going. And we're just one of many churches that come from all around the world. And it's beautiful and it's significant. It's amazing. But what's the strength of it? It's the strength of the church gathering together. All the gifts coming together. All the talents and the abilities serving. Those people that are preaching on the platform, it's going to be fantastic. But it would never happen without the thousands of people serving behind the scenes. People doing logistics. People carrying things and setting them up in place. Making sure there's food there. All the things that make up a conference of that significance. Make them things happen so important that we all play our part. I think about this church and I think the future is so exciting because you're part of it. And your gifts and your talents could open up and unlock something supernatural. The third and the final thing is this, if the team want to come. If we want to extend our reach, we've got to do this. We've got to express your story. Express your story. If we go back to the text, it talks about, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes put on your new nature created to be like God truly 
righteous and holy. And that's our story, that we've moved from darkness to light, that we've moved from hopelessness to hope, that God has found us in our weakness and in our failure and the gospel was still good news to us, that even though our story was bad, God's good news cancelled it out. That his grace and his love for us is so much greater than our failure and our sin. And each one of us has a responsibility to express our story. Amy often says she reckons she lives as an introvert in a house with three extroverts. We're all loud. Me and the two kids, we're all expressive. In fact, Amy's quite expressive as well. We've got big hand movements in our house. We all talk with our hands. You probably notice it as I speak. I talk with my hands. We're so expressive. I wonder whether we're that expressive in our body language about Jesus Christ. Whether our lives are expressing to that degree. Whether our hand motions in our bodies and our hearts and every part of us is expressing the love of Jesus Christ. We've got a story to tell. Now, Christians are loud people in a quiet world. My son Cooper is four years old and he, as much as you try to tell him to be quiet, Georgia is asleep. He's got no filter. He doesn't think, oh gee, I need to be quiet. I need to walk around the house and I need to whisper or I need to just be quiet as I play. He doesn't think that way. He thinks I'm going to live exactly the same. Even though my parents have told me that, it's going straight over my head. Cooper, be quiet. He'll just be like, Dad, can you get me something to eat? You're trying to put Georgia to sleep. You're holding her. And he'll run into the room and say, Dad, I want some milk. It's like, buddy, I don't know whether you can see. I'm trying to put a child to sleep right here. He just doesn't notice. And I think we're meant to be like that as Christians. We're loud in our love. We're loud in the gospel. We're loud in our grace. We're loud in our, the way that we serve other people. In a world that's quiet and holds back and lives small and it's all about ourselves, a Christian has just got a megaphone of hope to society and just saying, you know what, I want to express my story. I want to express it to the world. I love Matthew 5 verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's what it's all about. It's all about us giving glory to Jesus Christ. And so I want to remind you this morning to, if you want to extend your reach, you've got to enlarge your heart. You've got to allow yourself to get bigger on the inside and think about others and let the inside of you be about loving God and loving people. And your actions and your behavior will just follow that as a response. You've got to engage your gift. What has God given you? What's your gift to the world? What have you got that could be such a blessing to somebody else? Because remember, your gift's not about you. It's about others. And think about your story. What's God done in your life personally? How can you express your story? Oftentimes, we express our story by our actions. Not so much by our words. By the way we live. By the way we serve other people and love people. We just find a way to do that. And then people ask us about our story. And it's great to be able to then share about what God's done in our heart.
So would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I pray. As we choose to extend our reach as a church, Lord, I pray every one of us would play our part, that you would give us a large heart. Just like you gave Solomon, Lord, I pray you give us wisdom and insight and largeness of heart. That we'd be big on the inside, Lord. That we wouldn't live small. We wouldn't allow small thinking to be able to choke out the life and the gifting that you've given us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for those talents and those abilities and those resources and the time and all the things that you've given us, Lord. Lord, we give it back to you this morning. Take us and use us with our frailties and our fears. And Lord, help us to step out and fulfill our gifting, Lord. Even do it scared, I pray, and to trust you with it. Lord, I pray you'd help us to express our story to our friends and family and those that we know, Lord, that we would be able to express your love and your grace and the hope that we've received in you. I pray. I ask this all in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Now we're going to pray the sinner's prayer now. We've talked about extending our reach. and We've talked about largeness of heart, which all starts with our relationship with Jesus. You can't extend out and have huge reach if you haven't known that you've been reached already by Jesus. The reason we've been doing the Proverbs plan together and reading our Bible and praying and trying to encourage our personal devotion is because that's the strength of everything we do as a church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Every one of us plays our part, but it becomes a personal decision to serve Jesus Christ. It becomes a personal decision to to know Him intimately in relationship. And so I want to pray this morning a sinner's prayer, a simple prayer asking God to come into our hearts, a realignment of connection with Him. And as we pray this this morning, I want you to, to believe it in your heart, mean it in your heart. And allow God to just do the work on the inside. Maybe maybe you've been far from God this week, but just allow yourself now to be able to realign and say, you know what, God, I want to be on purpose. I want to make sure my life is right with you. Peace with God. So I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sin, I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. And I receive your grace. Help me to live a purposeful life and express the story of what you've done in me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, this week, I want you to take that message. Take some principles out of what we've just spoken about, out of the Word of God, and remember that every one of us has a part to play. That you can Take your gifting and talent and use it. God's called you to express your story and your gifting and all that you've been given. And He wants you to have an enlarged heart. Allow God to do something on the inside of you so that you can reach out towards other people. Be blessed.